What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Season 3 premiere of Main Event Heat. I am your host, Rob Weathers. It's It's been a little while. I don't know exactly how long, at least a couple of months, right? I, I, uh, I needed that break so fucking desperately, guys, and we're going to talk all about that today. First of all, I'd like to just, how are you guys doing? How's everybody doing? I, I know that we can't actually see or hear each other right now, but talk to your computer. Talk to your cell phone right now. Just tell me how you're doing. I need to know. Um, it's uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. 2022 has been a pretty wild ass year. And, you know, I'll tell you exactly why I decided to bring main event heat back right now. I was going to wait until probably January, maybe even February to bring it back. I'll tell you why I decided to bring it back right now, because they did the, um, like Spotify has that wrapped thing. I got one for the podcast and saw the amount of people that had been listening to the show during 2022 and the all the different countries that were listening to the show and just how many hours of the show people had been listening to. And it just, I don't know, it almost like lit a fire under me. Like it kind of reminded me why I started this in the first place, you know, like this is, this is a an outlet that I quite enjoy, you know, yeah, it was originally started from a place of anger for sure, but you know what, sometimes doing a podcast can be kind of fun, especially doing it by yourself, like how I do it, it can be pretty therapeutic at times, and I, I just thought about that, I'm, I'm looking at this little wrapped gimmick, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, I want to go ahead and, and get the boots back on, go ahead and, and get Main Event Heat rolling again with Season 3 because I had some good ideas for how I wanted to end 2022. So for any of you guys that didn't check out the, the season finale of Season 2, I decided I wanted to change the format up a little bit. And this is basically going to be what Main Event Heat is for the foreseeable future. It's going to be two episodes a month as opposed to one every week. They still will be released on Monday mornings at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And instead of, like I said, instead of being every week, it's going to be typically the second Monday of the month and then the last Monday of the month. That will be tentatively when the episodes will come out. There might be something, you know, every once in a while that... Uh, gets in the way and I might have to do, you know, uh, a Monday before the last one of the month or whatever the fuck. Some episode might come out on a Wednesday. It's a fucking podcast. Who cares, right? Like, I, I, I don't know why it means so much to me to to try to be as professional and as organized as I possibly can. Like, and that's not just with this show. That's with fucking everything, which sure, like in my business life is is good. That's a good quality to have, but all the things that I can relax on, all the things that I can take it easy on, I just choose not to, and I don't fucking know why. But, so I decided, you know what, let's go ahead and get give a little test drive to this, this new format, and basically, the episodes that come out and the middle of the month are going to be a little more freeform. They're going to be a little kind of just whatever I'm in the mood to talk about at that point in time. Probably that's going to be where I discuss my career the most, and then at the end of the month, we're going to take the This Week in Pro Wrestling segments that I used to do, and it's just going to be a This Month in Pro Wrestling. So every month, at the end of the month, we'll talk about all the wild-ass news that happened throughout the year. 2022 has had a lot of wild-ass news, and that's basically going to be all that we talk about in the next episode of the show that comes out at the end of December. We're just going to go over, we're going to do a top 10, like, craziest fucking stories in wrestling 
to come out of this year because there were a lot of fucking wild ones. And I'm sure you guys are thinking about them all right, right? And I'm sure you guys are thinking about most of them right now. Certain billionaires walking out of companies that people thought they would never leave. Certain assholes eating muffins at press conferences. All kinds of crazy shit happened this year. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. This episode, I want to do a little pew, pew, little shooting. A little shooting on 2022. Because as, as great of a year as this was for me. It really was, and we will definitely talk about how good it was, and I do think the good outweighs the bad, but I do want to talk about the bad, and there's only a little bit of bad, really. Uh, some of the stuff we're going to talk about today aren't things that necessarily directly affected me, but were just kind of weird, wild-ass situations that I was around, and I want to talk about them because nobody else has and I'm an asshole, and I decided I wanted to be the one that does it, but there was a little bit, you know, I, I we're, we're going to talk about it, but I've definitely had, uh, I've had some downs this year. Thankfully, they came earlier in the year, so it's been nothing but up since then, but let's go ahead and, and get, get, get things started off. Where did we leave off at the end of 2021? 2021, I had just started in wrestling. The only promotion I was doing commentary for was Larry Auto Pro. And it was like, it was weird. It's like I, was, I wasn't even really on the books. I was kind of just Doc Gallows's. I've, I've said this a lot and people pop every time I say it. But, you know, it's, um, it's, I was Doc Gallows's make a wish kid. That's exactly what I was. I was Doc Gallows' Make-A-Wish kid. He uh, he saw me, and he saw a fan that would give anything to be a part of this, and he gave me that opportunity. And I continued to be reliable, and I continued to progress in that field, and he continued to give me those opportunities. And forever grateful to him for that. Um but the only other promotion I was really working with, I was doing shit with with Championship Wrestling. I was I was doing the music for those guys. You know, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of experience that I'm glad that I got. You know, something that I have actually used since then. I have run the music for a couple of promotions since then. So, but that was really it. Like I wasn't doing a whole lot in 2021. 2021, I was doing a hell of a lot of learning, and then coming into 2022, things picked up a little bit. But they got worse before they got better, and that's exactly what I want to talk about. So I was hit with a pretty big realization at the end of February. I talked about this very, very little on the podcast, but I went to uh, South Carolina, and I got in the ring with the fabulous playboy Bob Keller, who, along with Doc Gallows, is the guy that broke me into the business. Got in the ring with Bob because he wanted me to be a manager for his promotion, WrestleForce. And he brought me out there because he said, look, if you're if you're going to manage, you have to be able to take a bump. You have to be able to do certain things that wrestlers do. So I got in the ring and um, probably the most out of shape I'd ever been in my life. And uh, I'm not gonna, I don't think I was the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I think I've been heavier, but was pretty fucking heavy. I was I was sitting in between 415 and 420. And, uh, and Bob was very real with me in the ring. And he, he told me, he said, look, buddy, he's like, you got to do two things. One, you have to lose weight because at the end of the day, it's all about looks in this fucking business. And if you look the way that you look, nobody's going to give a fuck how good you are at what you do. It, it, you have to look the part in order to play the part. And it's kind of a fucked up thing to hear, but it's, a hundred percent right. He, he is, he is absolutely correct. You know, he, he straight up, 
he mentioned Scott Demore. Scott Demore, you know, used to come to a lot of the Larry Otto shows, especially last year. And he straight up said he's he's like, let me tell you right now, Scott Demore ain't ever looking at you whenever he comes here. He isn't. You know, you're gonna have to do something. And he points at <laughs> points at my massive gut and goes, you have to do something about that. <laughs> before Scott Demore even acknowledges your existence. And like I said, it's a harsh thing to hear, but he's 100% right. Like, it's not coming from a place of hate. It's coming from a place of experience. He knows. And uh, I took that to heart. And that night when I was driving back home, I, I you know, texted Zicky Dice and told him what was up. And, and he said, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'll diet with you. He's like, I'm not super happy with how I look right now. So me and you both, we're going to diet together. And that was huge for me. I never really had somebody that was next to me, motivating me the whole time before. So that was, that was a big deal for me. And then a couple of weeks after that, you know, Bob, Bob also told me, he's like, you're going to need to hide as much of that as you can until you get rid of it. So you need to go buy a suit. I wasn't wearing a full suit at commentary. I was wearing just a, a nice shirt and some slacks. That was really it. So I went and bought a fucking suit, you know, two weeks into the diet. And, uh, and I, and as far as the diet goes, you know, let's fast forward a little bit. As far as the diet goes, I'm doing pretty good. Like I said, I was between 415 and 420 whenever I started back in, uh, the end of February, early March. Right now, I haven't weighed myself in a couple of weeks, but I'm sitting at probably right around 375 right now. Uh, I set a goal for myself. I want to try to lose 50 pounds a year for three years. So I figure if I do that, then by the end of of 2024, I should be like 265. I think I'd look pretty damn good at 265. I think I'd be pretty comfortable at 265 as well. So I've still got probably close to 10 pounds I need to lose this year, and we've only got a few weeks left. So looks like I'm doing the carnivore diet for a few weeks. I found out that uh, I lose weight super rapidly whenever I do that. I also shit my fucking guts out whenever I do the carnivore diet. It is, for any of you guys that, that, that are not familiar with the carnivore diet, you just eat meat. That's it. Meat, eggs, and cheese. That's it. And it sounds easy, especially if you, you like a good steak every once in a while. Uh, but it's not. It's really not easy. After a couple of days, you are fucking over it. And I was fucking over it really quick. But I did it for a couple of weeks. And in that two weeks, I did it. I lost like 11 pounds. It was wild. So I might have to do that again at the end of the year. But weight loss has been going pretty good. I have, I've been pretty comfortable with what I've been seeing. And it's all just been dieting. I haven't fucking stepped in a gym once this year. That's going to change next year. I, I, me and Zicky have already talked about that. I, I want him to help me out because, you know, I, like I said, I haven't been in the gym at all this year. I haven't been in the gym in a while, so I, I could use a little bit of help on what are some things that I could be doing to target the specific spots that I need to target. So uh, that's going to be a lot of next year. So I got another 50 pounds I want to lose next year. So by, the, by this time next year, I should be around 315, 320. And uh, that'll be the lowest I've been since, like, fucking high school. So can't wait for that. That's going to be cool. But, you know, so the year started off like that. You know, I got, got a little bit of bad news. But uh, instead of letting it defeat me, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 31 right now. I, I, I've still got some time. <laughs> you know, I, I still got some time. My body is not completely shut down yet. 
let me go ahead and uh, let me handle up on this. And I got in a physical earlier this year, and believe it or not, there is nothing wrong with me. Like, I don't have, I, I was 100% sure I was going to have diabetes or something after my blood test. No, nothing. Everything is perfectly fine. I even have a, uh, I've got a little bit of an iron deficiency. I've got, uh, I found out a few years ago I was anemic. But even that has gotten significantly better recently. So, like, my blood test came back great. My physical went very well. And so I was like, you know what? If I keep going the way that I'm going, those results are just going to get worse. So I, I need to take this opportunity to get better. And I have done that. And that's been really cool. And then shortly into this weight loss journey, I got an opportunity from my, my good buddy, Zicky Dice. And this is going to lead into a, a story about the most, the most embarrassed I have been in a very long time. Zicky Dice calls me up one day and um, the week before WrestleCon. The, he had announced that um, he had announced probably a month before WrestleCon that he was going to be bringing his Outlandish Paradise show to Dallas for WrestleCon, and then a week before the show, he called me to ask me if I would take part of it. <clears throat> now, me and Zicky have been talking for a little while. As as you guys who who are regular listeners of the podcast know, I performed as the puppet Zick Dicey on the first Paradise show back in January. Um, a little TLDR, if you didn't listen to that episode, while it was a, a, a cool experience and it was something new, something, you know, another, uh, another thing to add to the resume, there was a lot I didn't like about it. And it mostly had to do with working with Twitch. I was very uncomfortable working with Twitch. I was very uncomfortable with the direction that I was given. And I also wasn't super crazy about the fact that I was treated like I was a prop, you know, just because, uh, I was, I was basically a fucking puppeteer for the show. But I felt like I was being treated like the puppet the whole fucking time. Like whenever I went there the night before the show to do uh, mic checks and camera checks and all that shit, like the fucking director didn't even look me in the eyes the entire time. Like he he talked to Johnny LaQuasto exclusively. And even at one point in time, Johnny like pointed over at me. He's like, so what the fuck? Like, like, are we going to do something with Rob or like, what's up? You know, and it was um, it was just very embarrassing. And I didn't like that whatsoever and then of course there's the whole thing that I'm playing a puppet right so like even though it's me it's not me you know what I mean and you know wrestling with kayfabe being what it is I I wasn't getting any kind of recognition for doing that which at that time that's something that really really bothered me and I let that bother me and I probably shouldn't have but fast forward to WrestleCon I had been talking to Zicky the weeks leading up to the show hey man if you need anything for the show holler at me. I'll figure something out. You know, the show's in Dallas. I live near Atlanta. I'm like, look, I'll fucking, my parents live in Louisiana. I'll drive halfway to Louisiana, spend a couple of days with them and then come to Dallas. Whatever you need, hit me up. I never one time said, Hey, do you want me to play the puppet again? (laughs) I was like, I never wanted to bring up the puppet. I was like, whatever you need. And I meant that as in anything that's not playing the puppet, I'll do it. So he calls me uh, a week before the show, week to the day. And he says, uh, hey, I need you to come play the puppet. And it's going to be you, Johnny LaQuasto, and Matt Raywalt on commentary. And, you know, at first, I did not want to do it for the reasons I just stated. But then I thought about it. You know, I was like, you know, WrestleCon's a big deal. A lot of eyes, a lot of people in the building, a lot of people watching at home. Plus, I get to sit at the booth with with Johnny and Matt Raywalt, and we'll actually be in the building this time, and I'm sitting next to two former WWE commentators. Fuck yeah, let's do that. Like, why would I say no to this? Like, it felt like 
it would be stupid of me to say no. Um, <clears throat> hindsight, probably should have said no. So I do the show. I drive all the way out there, um, which and, and it's a whole like the drive, the fucking lack of sleep, whether I was excited or whether I was aggravated or whatever. The, the I'm not eating very well because I've got this diet thing going on, but I'm also traveling. I don't know about you guys when you travel. I, I typically don't eat much whenever I travel at all. And then you pack that on top of the fact that I'm dieting for the first time and fucking ever. I'm a little grouchy right now. The whole thing was a clusterfuck. Get into Dallas and immediately the day of, I'm just, you know, uh, Zicky told me that we're all staying. He's got an Airbnb for a bunch of the boys. And I was, uh, when I get into town, all I want to do is just go to the Airbnb and just crash out. Cause I just fucking drove the day before seven and a half, eight hours to Louisiana. I just drove eight hours to Dallas, you know, like I just want to fucking relax. And the day I get into town, the second I get into town, Zicky makes me meet him at the fucking hotel that WrestleCon is going to be at and walk around the fucking convention and shake hands and kiss babies and all that. And I got to do that for like five or six hours. And we go to this fucking podcast taping for uh, Brian Myers and, and Matt Cardona. We got to do that whole fucking thing. And it was, dude, I was so goddamn exhausted. And we get back, we finally get back to the Airbnb. I don't sleep a lick. Like, I laid down for four hours. I might have slept for 30 minutes. It, it wasn't good. I was so exhausted. Get up the next morning. I've only got time to drink a half a cup of coffee, and then we got to go. Because we've got to be at the building at, like, 8 a.m. Because the show's at noon. And I'm so just beat the fuck up. And and it's aggravating me. And I'm and I'm and now I'm there. And, um, you know, Ziggy's telling me to to go upstairs with the puppet and fuck with people and like try to like, you know, do basically like some triumph, the insult comedy dog shit, like fuck with people, try to get them to come downstairs and watch the show. Yeah, definitely in the mood for that. You know, no food, nothing to drink, no sleep, fucking been traveling for the last 48 hours. I'm super in the mood to go do that. And, you know, and that was a big thing. I was so fucking aggravated because of the lack of food, the lack of sleep, the lack of energy. A thing that I didn't think about at that point in time is literally everybody in that building is going through some form of what I'm going through. You know, all these guys, they've all been traveling all weekend. Some of these guys have had to work multiple shows. Some of these guys work two or three times the day before. They've got to do this show now and then got to go do two or three more shows this evening and then maybe even do shows the next day. These guys are exhausted too. The difference is I can't handle it. Because it's my first time. These guys can't handle it. These guys have been doing this. I can't handle it. And I I wound up making a bit of an ass of myself during this time. Uh, there was a point where um, me and Ray Walt and Laquasto sit down uh, to do mic checks and everything. And Johnny hands his cell phone off to one of the production guys and asks to take a picture of us. And it's the three of us at the table. And I've got the fucking puppet sitting up on the table in between me and Ray Walt. And he takes a picture, Johnny gets the phone back, and he sees my face is in the picture. And then he just goes, ah, I can crop that. And then crops me out of the picture. And I let that really, really fucking bother me, which is stupid. I let that bother me so fucking bad. Like, at the end of the day, yes, the commentary team is Ray Walt, LaQuasto, and the puppet. That is what it is, not me. Um, but I let that really bother me. You know, and if it really meant that much to me, I could have asked Johnny, hey, do you mind if we do another one that I'm actually in, you know, just for 
just for personal keeping. This is kind of a big deal for me. I could have done that, but I didn't do that. I just stayed pissed. Um, and we do the show. <laughs> my fucking mic didn't work for like 10 minutes. We do a whole pre-show. My mic doesn't work at all during the pre-show. The f- opening match, Matt Cardona versus Zicky Dice, my mic doesn't work for half of that. So then I finally come in the last half of that match. That was only like an eight or nine minute match. And then the next match is a fucking like three minute squash match. So I was out there like you only hear me for less than 10 minutes of that fucking broadcast. And that kind of sucked. Like, fuck, I drove all the way to Dallas for that. And I was supposed to come out and do the main event, but. I, I sat there and, and nobody came and got me. There was supposed to be like a runner that was supposed to come and tell me, hey, it's time. That never happened. I peeked my head out the curtain. They had this fucking, some fucking Twitch streamer I'd never heard of was sitting there with Johnny and Matt and wasn't going anywhere. So I was, I was well, fuck, I guess I got bumped, you know? And uh, I just let all of that really bother me. And it really just pissed me off. And, and I, I was so angry that I said, you know what? I'm, I'm driving straight back. You know, I, I drove back to Louisiana that night. The show ended. I think we got everything out of the venue around five o'clock because Zicky needed me to bring all like the the ring skirts and the turnbuckle pads and all that shit with me because I was the only one with the car. So I think about five o'clock we got out of there, and I drove straight back to Louisiana and and stayed with a friend of mine. I got there at like midnight, and then the next day drove back to Georgia. That's how fucking pissed I was. Like I just, I I I left still no sleep. Still no sleep whatsoever. After the show, I just went back to the Airbnb, grabbed my bags, and then fucking went home. I was that upset. And I had made this um, post on Twitter that I really shouldn't have done. I retweeted the pic of uh, of, of Laquasto and Ray Walt and the puppet. I retweeted it and said something along the lines of, like, I'm not even allowed to be in the picture. What the fuck? Something like that, you know. And it was just it was just like a snarky thing, but it wasn't meant to be like, vindictive it was kind of just me being a jackass you know or be being a little bit of a smart ass but um I didn't mean it to come off the way that it came off to a lot of the guys that were on the show and a lot of them took offense to it and a lot of them had some uh had some shit to say to me on 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 Twitter and I deserved every bit of it and I really did um you know that was uh pretty fucking embarrassing for me because the next day the realization had really kicked in of, you know, after I got some sleep, after I had something to eat, after I had a full cup of coffee as opposed to a half of one, it, the realization had kicked in, wow, I was being a fucking grumpy asshole yesterday. And I had already made that post on Twitter. And then I checked my phone that morning, and that's when I see a lot of people uh, talking a lot of a lot of shit to me. And I didn't even fight back. I deleted the post. I texted Zicky. Zicky was texting me all fucking pissed off that he wanted my fucking head. And um, I texted him. And I was like, you know what? I fucked up. I, I see that. You know, and I was like, I'm going dark for a little while. I didn't post anything on Twitter for a few weeks. I uh, I did the um, the top 10 moments of WrestleCon on the podcast. And if you guys go back and listen to that, especially with this context, I'm very not there. Like I'm very quiet. I'm, I'm, I almost sound pouty whenever I do the the episode. And this is why I was super fucking embarrassed coming out of WrestleCon. I made a complete fucking asshole out of myself. About a week or so later, me and Zicky talk, and hash everything out, and he was like, look, dude, this happens, you know, he's like, at some point, we're all gonna make an ass out of ourselves, he told me a story about him whenever he was very early in the business, where he did something he shouldn't have done, you know, and told me, he's like, the important thing is you gotta learn from it, you gotta take this, and you gotta make sure that it's a lesson, and make sure that it's a lesson you learn from, you know, 
And since then, everything's been good. Um, but I still think about that day quite a lot. And and he tells me not to. Zicky tells me don't think about it, you know. And he doesn't like whenever I bring it up. He's like, you know, just move on. You know, that same day, I saw Rocky, Rocky Romero, for the first time in months, you know. And after he had after he had fired me from talking shop, I saw him that weekend and I was telling him like, Hey dude, new Japan's on right after us. Probably going to be in a room with Rocky. And he was just like, don't think about it. I was like, how the fuck am I not supposed to think about it? Like getting fired from talking shop was one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me. Little did I know that WrestleCon weekend in itself would usurp that as the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me. But you know, uh, I, I have a hard time just being able to look past stuff, you know, like I, I, I have a hard time letting things go. And that's something I'm trying to get better at, you know, especially, you know, life is short. There's no reason to dwell on this bullshit, but it is what it is. You know, I think about that day, I think literally every day I think about it. And I think about just how much of a jackass that I was. And I, I tell myself every fucking day, every time I go work a show, you know, stay in your fucking lane. I constantly have to tell myself that stay in your fucking lane. And I think I've done a pretty good job of that. And like I said, that was that was the big bad thing that happened earlier this year. I haven't really talked about it, you know, even offline. I've only really told a couple of people about what happened, you know, um, even with Zicky, You know, I, I, I had told everybody and their mom before that show that I didn't like doing the puppet on the first show. I told everybody except for Zicky. He didn't know. He had no idea that I didn't like doing it. You know, and it's not that like I had a problem voicing the character like that was fun. I liked I liked giving this this inanimate object a personality. That was cool. Uh, it was just the whole I didn't like like I was being treated like a prop. That part I didn't really care for. But, you know, this is wrestling. This is wrestling. You know, a lot of guys, uh, if you ever have worked for an ex, if you ever worked for the WWE as an extra, it's exactly what they do. They treat you like a prop, you know, and uh, and that's why a lot of guys didn't have the patience for my bullshit whenever I got upset because they they know what it's like and they took it on the chin. Why can't I? And I understand that and I understand it now. And it's just one of those things that if if in the future, if there's going to be a situation that I even think I I'm going to be in a position like that and I don't think I'll be able to control myself. I'm just going to stay away from it. You know, there's there's no need to embarrass myself like that again. But moving on, things have gotten a lot better. Shortly after that, just a few weeks after that, I started with main event wrestling. And that's been, for the most part, a pretty positive experience. You know, I've, I've called a lot of wild-ass matches in the last year with those guys. And next year, if any of you guys follow main event wrestling or if you follow me on social media and you've seen some of those match graphics... Next year is going to be even fucking wilder. Like we've we've got just on our show in January, we've got Blake Christian coming in, we got Matt Cross, we've got Lady Frost and and Victor Benjamin, like so many fucking names. And then after that, when we're going to be in Dothan, Alabama, we've got all kinds of crazy shit that's going to happen that night that we haven't announced yet. It's going to be fucking insane, dude. But um there were some wild shit that happened with main event this year that I do want to talk about. Um the first one and this is a big one. This is something that, uh, that that there's a video of this online. So so you can go find this video and have actual you know have have a reference point to the story I'm about to tell you. We have this big show in July, 
July 23rd, Thomas and Georgia, the big IWM birthday bash. It's the one-year anniversary of the Independent Wrestling Network, right? And huge deal for me, I'm sitting there doing commentary with Road Dog Jesse James, which I talked a lot about on this podcast. The second that I was able to announce it, I announced it. I fucking hammered that shit for over a month. I was so happy I was going to get to do commentary with Road Dog. And it was a fun show. It, it was it was so surreal. And a lot of those matches are on YouTube right now, on the Main Event Wrestling YouTube channel. And there's a video in particular on that channel that I want to talk about. That's I think it's called something along the lines like Road Dog has had enough of BGU or something like that. But it's got like 88,000 plays. And, it, and the reason it does is because a lot of people look at it and they think, oh man, that almost looks like a shoot. It was. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. So... Before the show starts, me and Road Dogg are, are having a conversation. He wants to go over the match card because this is his first time doing commentary, and he's a little, like, self-conscious about it, which for me was wild. Like, you know, see when you see not only a celebrity that you grew up watching, but literally the first professional wrestler you ever saw on TV and, and somebody that you... You idolized as a kid, and you used to do his whole fucking ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Used to, I used to do that shit at, at the schoolyard all the fucking time. And this guy's right next to me, and we're having a conversation, man to man, and we're going over this fucking card, and he's telling me that he's nervous. And that's like wild to me. I'm like, you get nervous? That's crazy. I get nervous too. I can't believe it. But we're talking everything. I'm telling him like, hey, don't worry. Everything's going to be easy. I'm going to throw you fucking softballs all night long. It's going to be super fucking easy, you know? During that time, I'm telling him that we had just had a little uh, uh, booking meeting for the show, and there's this tag team called BGU, who we were building up as kind of our big heel team. BGU was just on AEW Dark, I want to say, and they had had, I didn't see it, but they said they had a segment with Billy Gunn, where Billy Gunn came out and I guess like clotheslined him over the rope or something like that. And they had pitched to, I guess, the promoter that they wanted to do something similar with Road Dog. So while I've got Road Dog there, I bring that up to him. And I'm like, what would you feel about doing something with these guys in the ring? And he tells me, he's like, absolutely not. He's like, look, I had a heart attack last year. He's like, I'm out of shape as fuck. I just want to sit at the booth and just talk. You know, he's like, I'm really, I'm really in no position to get in the ring and do anything with anybody. And then right as he said that, I called BGU over. And I was like, hey, guys, come over here real quick. And we talked about it. And he told them. He's like, hey, guys, thanks for thinking about me. And he told him, he's like, he told him exactly what he just told me, that he just, he really wasn't comfortable doing it. And everything was cool. They was like, all right, all right, you know what, cool, we appreciate it. We just, you know, it was just an idea we had. But you know what, thanks for even talking to us about it. We really appreciate it. And everything looked like it was going to be cool. Do the, do the first half of the show, do intermission, come back from intermission, we've got this big tag team match. At the end of the match, BGU wins. And then they get on the microphone and they call out Road Dog. And if you watch that video, I might actually have to link the video in the description of this podcast because I really want people to actually watch this. Um, if you watch the video, whenever um, Jameson Ryan starts his little promo, Road Dog looks over at me and goes, "Uh, so I said no. And it was right then that I, in my mind, go, what the fuck is happening right now? Because I heard him say no. And then he just reassured to me that he said no. But these guys are calling him out, which they were told not to do. 
what the fuck is happening right now? In my mind, I'm so confused. I'm like, did they have a conversation during intermission that I didn't hear? What What is this? Are these guys going into business for themselves? These guys don't seem like the kind of guys that would do that. They, I, I, I have only ever had positive experience with these guys. And, uh, and then next thing you know, Road Dog he, he looks at me and says, uh, you know what? If I get in there, I'm going to beat the shit out of these guys. And I, am, I don't know what to do. So I'm just like, oh, don't worry about it. They're blowing fucking hot air. Don't even think about them. It's whatever. I'm trying to de-escalate Road Dog as much as I can because, like, when he looks at me and tells him he's about to beat the shit out of these guys, I see it in his eyes. And I'm like, he's about to beat the shit out of these guys. <laughs> so I'm telling him, like, don't fucking worry about it. Don't fucking worry about it. And then um, and, and, uh, fucking uh, one of them says something about how the Road Dog had, had been neutered or some shit like that. And that was it. That was all we needed to hear. And then and Brian got up and fucking about knocked our set over whenever he did he gets up and and gets down there he pulls a fucking replica belt off of somebody's uh table and he goes walking towards the ring and you can almost see it on the on the sh- on the the video from the hard cam spot but there's a point where he's getting close to the ring he looks up at bgu and he tells him you boys better fucking powder and then right as he says that you see uh the promoter Dwayne is in the ring the second road dog says that Dwayne hauls ass out of the fucking ring <laughs> And then BGU follows suit, and then he gets in the ring, and he cuts a, a a pretty real promo. You know, he took a he took a situation that he didn't want to be a part of, and he tried his best to make it entertaining for everybody in attendance. Um, for me, it was super awkward because I still had no idea what the fuck was going on. So I'm just trying to like, like I'm on commentary, like trying to cheerlead for Road Dog, like yeah, fucking tell him, Brian. Like I'm talking shit. Yeah, fuck BGU. Like I. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And then um, Road Dog comes back to the booth and and he sits down for a second and he's out of breath and he's pissed off. And he says, you know what? I, I'll be back in a minute. And we're doing the introductions for the next match and Road Dog's gone. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. I hear some shouting. I hear some this, that, and the other. He comes back and uh, says he went in the locker room trying to find the boys and couldn't find them. And he was like, I could tell. Like, that was when I knew, okay, that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, they went into business for themselves. Something the fuck is going on. And after the show, it, it, BGU had told Road Dog that our booker at the time, who I'm not going to say his name because he's got a lot of heat on him after this fucking show, but our booker had told them, hey, just go ahead and do it. And then that booker, I watched Road Dog approach him and ask him, did you tell them to do this? And he said no. I'm not going to sit here and pick sides on this because I don't know who is right and who is wrong because I wasn't there when the conversation happened. I just know I was there whenever Road Dog told them not to do it. Now, in my mind, even if the booker tells them after the fact, go ahead and do it, still don't do it. You still don't do that. You know, the guy in question told you don't do it. So... I don't know what the fuck happened there. I'm not going to, uh, like I said, I'm not going to pick sides. I'm not going to speculate past anything that I already know. But that was one of the first real shoots that I was kind of a part of. And it was pretty fucking wild. Pretty, pretty fucking wild. Then shortly after that, we had a uh, we had a match that featured Scott Steiner. I want to shoot on Scott Steiner real quick. <laughs> I got a... Uh, a little bit of beef with Steiner coming out of the show. He didn't do anything to me personally. We never shared any words. But um, this show was supposed to be a showcase for the the young guys, the the MEW regulars. And 
this guy, uh, Jake Logan, was supposed to have a singles match with Steiner. And the idea was Steiner was going to put Logan over. And Steiner gets to the building late, first of all. Gets to the building and tells uh, tells everybody, yeah, that kid's not going over me. Uh, also, I don't feel very good, so I need you to make it a tag team match. And I'm going over with my finisher. Oh, and also my back hurts, so I'm not taking any bumps. I, if I was in the position of power that uh, our promoter was in, I would have looked Scott Steiner in the face and said, go the fuck home. Because that's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. You're not going to come here the day of the show. I don't, I mean, even if you are fucking hurt, tell me that ahead of time. Don't fucking come in the day of the show, like an hour before we go fucking live and tell me that I need to change all of my plans because of you, because of either your, your shoot injuries, which I don't know how, you know, if he actually was hurt or, or how much of that's real, how much of that's bullshit, your injuries or your fucking ego. Cause we all know that ego has a lot to do with that. That whole thing is fucked up. And, and like I said, I, I don't personally have any problems with Scott. I didn't share any words with Scott. But anybody that comes to a show and does that and tells them, no, that's not happening. Instead, we're going to do it my way. I don't care who you are. Fuck you. You're the talent. That's, it is what it is. At the end of the day, as a commentator, I am, I'm a talent just like everybody else. And if I get to that building and the promoter tells me I've got to do something, that's what I've got to fucking do. And if the promoter tells you as a wrestler, you have to do something, that's what you have to fucking do. I don't give a flying fuck if you were on WCW as a fucking world champion in the 90s. I don't give a flying fuck who you are. If the promoter tells you to do something, that's what it is. Because that's the guy that's fucking paying you. If you don't like it, go and get a job at the WWE. Oh, that's right, you can't because there's no fucking way in hell they would bring you back. So that whole thing just really did not sit very well with me. Um... That show, as wild as it fucking was, was still pretty fun. At the end of the day, I did get to sit at the commentary booth with Road Dog. I did get to tell Road Dog how much he meant to me as a fan and how he was one of the first wrestlers I ever saw on my television as a child. He apologized for that, <laughs> which was fucking wild, but it was great. Took a picture of Road Dog after the show and just... That was so much fun, and and I, I will forever in history, it looks like, go down as the only person to ever do commentary with the Road Dog. so that's that's pretty cool, you know, whenever you think about that. That's, uh, that's some Guinness Book of World Records shit, if you ask me, but uh, after that, I had had a conversation with uh, the powers that be at MEW, and some changes were getting made. Obviously, our booker had to go after that show because a lot of people were upset with him, um, including Scott Armstrong, the brother of the Road Dog, who we asked to come in as a producer on our shows. And Scott was like, if that booker's there, I ain't coming back. So whenever that phone call got made to me and was told, hey, we're trying to bring in Scott, but he said he won't work unless this guy's here, I just said, well, that fucking settles it. Get rid of him. Fucking, <laughs> You know, he ain't never done me no wrong personally, but... If Scott Armstrong says he don't want to work with him, you know, Scott Armstrong, one of the nicest guys in the fucking business that I've ever met. If that guy says he's not working with him, then get rid of him. It is what it is, you know. Um, but after all that, some some organizational changes got made and I was asked to become a part of the creative team. That was a big part of why I needed to take a break from the show. And I talked about that a little bit. Me and Mike were literally on the phone 
for hours on end every single day going over the creative for the future of the show. And we came up with a few storylines that we wanted to play out all the way into next summer. And we went on a trip to Dothan, Alabama a couple of months ago to sell some sponsors because we will be out there in February. And on the way back, we sat down with the promoter and I specifically told him, I was like, look, I know you got a lot of guys here. A lot of guys, Mike, fucking Scott Armstrong, a handful of other people that are on some kind of salary, you know, which to do what they do makes sense. You're asking me to be a part of this creative team. I've got Mike literally calling me every single fucking day, taking time away from my shoot job to focus on this. Now, that's fine with me. I will do that. But I I think I should be put on a salary just like everybody else, right? Like, if I'm going to be doing the same kind of work some of these other guys are doing, I think I should be compensated similarly. And I straight up said, I was like, I'm not asking for a lot of money. It could be very little bit. I'll tell you guys right now. I did not, I did not give the promoter an exact number, but if he would have told me a hundred bucks a week that I would have absolutely. Yeah. For, for, for sure. Let's do it. hundred buck a week. Fuck. If he would have told me 75, 50 bucks a week, I would have fucking done it. If he would have just doubled my rate, <laughs> honestly, I would have done it. I just needed something, you know, if you're going to take, if I have to take all of this time away from my shoot job, the job that pays the bills, the job that every time that I need to take time off of work will pay me to do that, to come and help you out. If I have to take time away from them, I need to be compensated from you guys a little bit better than this, you know, and, and I don't think I'm asking for anything crazy. You know, if you want me to be a part of your creative team, that's fine. But that's also more than what I was initially asked to do whenever you guys brought me in. So then we do this, this, this October show, which was the first time my fingers were really over anything. There was, a, I'll tell you guys straight up, there was a triple threat match for the IWN championship. Uh, that was almost 100% me. That was, that was a lot of me. Um, the match, there was supposed to be a match between uh, Adam Priest and Zicky Dice that did not take place on that show. Uh, that match was going to be all me. Like, I was going to agent the whole fucking thing. Um I had already talked to Zicky about what I wanted to do. Uh, and then I wound up, you know, whenever we had to change things, it was my idea to put Zicky in the triple threat. It was my idea to to finish it the way that we finished it and go with the uh, new champion that we went with. That was all my idea. And boy, was that shit fucking stressful. It was really fucking stressful, you know. But at the end of the night, this is all that matters. At the end of the night, when we were all getting our checks, which first off, mine wasn't prepared. I noticed that. Everybody else's checks were already there, already signed, and just need to get handed to them. Mine wasn't even written at the end of the show, so I was forgotten about. I wasn't very happy about that. But then I get my check at the end of the show, and it's the same exact rate that it's been on every other show that I've worked on. The next day, I called Mike, and I said, I'm not doing this. I'm absolutely not. You know, I, I, I said, this is what it's going to take if you want me to, to drop everything. I told them straight up. I was like, I will make main event wrestling my priority, Everybody else, I will not work for anyone if it affects main event wrestling in any way, shape, or form. That's exactly what I told them. And then I get my check at the end of the show, and it's the same exact fucking number that it's been every other show. And I was like, I'm not going to give you any extra then. You know, I'll, I'll still help out. 
I told Mike, I was like, if you need advice on anything, any counseling on anything, I'll still you sit down with Scott Armstrong and, and help out with finishes. I did really like doing the finishes. But I was like, outside of that, I'm not, don't fucking call me every single day. Don't fucking, don't blow up my phone, you know, and, and sit on there for an hour and a half every fucking day going over creative with me because I'm not doing it. I'm not taking time out of my shoot job if I'm not getting compensated from this job. That's, it's just not how it works. Um, I'm still happy that I'm with MEW. I'm still very much a part of MEW, but you know, I am a broadcaster first. That's what matters to me the most, you know? And, uh, which I'm fine with. I had told him, I was like, look, I'll put MEW as a priority over everybody else. And, uh, I'm glad that I'm not doing that because I am as of right now, actively working as a broadcaster for three promotions that would be mew lariato pro and explosive pro shout out to all three of those guys who have been uh, putting money in my pocket this year absolutely uh thank you love each and every one of those promotions lariato i want to go ahead and bring that up real quick you know whenever uh dot gallows went back to the wwe about 30 minutes before that episode of Raw aired, I get a message from Laser, who also ran Lariato with Gallows. And Laser asked me, hey, are you going to be at this next show in November? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I plan on it. Okay, cool, just check him. And I was like, why the fuck did Laser text me? He's literally the first time he's ever messaged me. And then about an hour later, I see Gallows on my TV. And I went, oh, he was seeing if he got me in the divorce. That's what this was. <laughs> and uh, you know what? It worked out because when I was working for Gallows, I was kind of just doing it for free. I was doing it for reps. But now I'm actually on the payroll over there, which is, it all worked out. Thanks for going back to the Fed, Gallows. I appreciate it, buddy. I, uh, I'm i glad you're uh, I'm glad you're, you're, padding your, you're padding your bank account again. You know what? Good luck, buddy. And, and nothing but the best. Hopefully, I get to see you again down the road because I had nothing but fun working with you. But thank you for thank you for leaving Lariato, I guess, because it's only been better for me since. But, uh, and, and not only have I been working for those three promotions, which I've had so much fun working for all three of them. I have nothing but, but positive things to say about all three of them. I know that I had that little tangent about MEW, but I don't want that to sound like that was like any kind of heat between me and them. That was just a, hey, do you want me to do this? This is what it's going to take. And then they weren't willing to give me what it took. So then I was just like, okay, I'm just not going to do that. That's all that is. That's all that is. I'm still very much uh, the, the voice of the promotion. I love doing it. Uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to sit down with a handful of different broadcast colleagues just in that promotion. I will be adding a new broadcast colleague to the list, another legend to the list here in the next month and a half. I'm not going to say his name yet because I don't think we have announced that he is going to be doing this with me at this next show. But uh, just it's another legend, guys. I got another legend. I'm going to be sitting at the booth, you know, and, and thank you, MEW, for that. Thank you guys a, a lot. And I'm also, as of right now, going into 2022 or the fuck me going into 2023, I guess. Holy shit. I can't believe I even you know, going through this whole episode. I'm still having a problem believing that 2022 is almost over going into 2023. I'm already talking with a few other promotions about potentially joining their ranks. One of them is going to be running shows not very far from where I live, same town that I live in, actually, which is going to be nice because I've never worked a show that was less than like an hour and 20 minutes from my house. So that's going to be pretty sweet, being able to leave like 30 minutes before call time and still get there early. I really hope I get that gig just for that reason. But you know what? 2023 is looking like it's going to be a bright year for the Broken Standard, Rob Weathers. And uh, Main Event Heat is back, guys, and this is going to be the format. Uh, I had a lot that I wanted to get off of my chest today. Hopefully, 
I'm not as bitchy in future episodes, but you know what? I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that the that main event heat is back. I'm glad that my career is where it is right now. I I am very happy that I've worked with the promotions that I've worked with this year. Uh, I'm very happy that I've worked with all the broadcast partners that I've worked with this year because I've worked with a bunch. I've worked with like a dozen different broadcast partners this year. You know what? Um, the Georgia Wrestling History Awards are coming up soon, and from what I've heard from a few other people that have said that they have nominated me for Best Commentator, who knows, I might actually get a nomination this year. As much as I want to pretend like something like that doesn't mean anything to me, which, you know, getting an award doesn't mean jack shit to me, especially coming from just a, a few guys that decided that they wanted to have their own little blog and talk about wrestling in Georgia. But being nominated would mean a lot to me because that would mean that there's a lot of people, whether it be my peers or whether it be fans or, or just, just anybody else in and around the business, those people that say that, you know what, this guy should be recognized, that in itself would mean the absolute world to me. So I'm going to be on the lookout for that, and I hope you guys are too. Till then, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in to the Season 3 premiere of main event heat it's been a lot of fun if you guys would like to follow me on social media you can do so by looking for at sweet sexy rob on twitter and instagram no more email address i got rid of that fucking shit that email address hardly ever got used so if you got questions or or if you got suggestions or anything just find at sweet sexy rob twitter and instagram uh go check out main event wrestling on youtube go check out explosive pro wrestling on youtube you know i've got a i got a lot of matches that I've done for those guys that are up on there too. Um, check out Lariato Pro on the Impact Plus app. We are still a part of the Impact Plus app. They just uploaded a match uh, that I called recently. Um, it was uh, Crazy Steve and John Schuyler. They just uploaded that to Impact Plus. Go check that shit out. The best $7.99 you'll ever spend. And you know what? Until next time, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out.